Welcome to Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter. Sponsored by Government Marketing University. Here's today's moderator, Luann Brosman. Welcome to Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing with hot topics, best practices, exciting guests, and innovative ideas. I'm Luann Brosman, and I am the host of Market Chat, along with my co-host, Steve Watkins, who is our Chief Content Officer. Hey, Steve, how are you today? Hey, Luann, doing great. Great to be here. I'm excited about our show today. Great to be here. Absolutely. Great to have you here and great to have this program today. I've really been excited about this program. But let's talk a little bit about what Market Chat is. So Market Chat is an ongoing series that provides an open and collaborative interaction between government and industry to ensure that our listeners walk away empowered with greater knowledge on how to better market to their targeted federal, state, and local audiences. In this episode today of Market Chat, we're talking with Emily Harmon, who is the former Senior Executive Service and Director of the Department of the Navy's Office of Small Business Programs and the founder of the Onward Movement. I'm excited to have Emily with us today because she's going to share with us, uh, Steve, what she's learned both from an early age all the way through her 38-year career with the Navy. I mean, that's a long time. So, Emily, welcome to Market Chat. Thank you, Luann and Steve. I'm happy to be here. Excited to be here. Well, listeners, what happened is I met uh, Emily, I think last June. She and I were uh, on a small business marketing sales panel together, and I was just so infatuated with her and and what she's bringing to the market today from her 38 years um, in the service. And first off, Emily, thank you. Thank you very much for your service to our country. We are very appreciative of that. Um, And we invited Emily to come be a keynote speaker at our GAIN 2020 conference, which she did. So she spoke at our GAIN 2020 conference on November 19th. But I wanted to be able to bring her into the studio at Federal News Network so that she's really able to share to a broader audience because the Federal News Network has that broader audience space that I wanted to make sure that really heard from Emily and heard her passion, as well as giving information on how, um, as a small business organization company, you can really work better with the DOD. And she's going to bring a lot of insights to that as well um, on today's program. So some of the things that we're going to cover today is we're going to crack the code on how to successfully market and sell your small business products and services within DOD. We're also going to identify programs available within the Navy and across DOD that some small businesses may not be aware of. And then one thing I'm really excited about is really hearing from Emily and giving, she's going to share with us her insight on how to grow your professional and your personal network of authentic humans with insight taken from her Onward podcast series. And wait till you hear listeners about this podcast. I know, um, as I did, you'll probably all start watching, not watching rather, but listening to these podcasts right away because the the authenticity of what she's got with her presenters are just awesome. So um, with that, Emily, I am just thrilled that you're here today and I'm going to pass it over to you and have you kind of share with our audience listeners how you got to where you are today. Uh, thank you, Luann. Yes, I really appreciate you giving me a broader audience because um, I'm so excited about the Onward podcast, and I know it's touching lives because of the messages I get back from people. Um, but sometimes, as a podcaster, you don't really know who's listening, so it's nice to get that feedback. Thank you. So you you love this story. I'm going to start with telling this story about kind of how I grew up and how I ended up where I am today. So I'm 11 years old and it's 6.30 on a cold winter morning in Annandale, Virginia. 
my alarm clock wakes me from a deep sleep. And I'm not ready to get out of bed yet, so I roll over and cover my head with a, my blanket and close my eyes to go back to sleep, but not for long. I'm awakened by my mom's loud, cheery voice telling me it's time to get up and get ready for school. And both of my parents work, so I know that if I miss the bus, one of them's gonna have to take me to school and then be late for work. So tantalizing smells of fresh baked blueberry muffins make their way up the stairs from the kitchen and down the hallway to my bedroom. And I know how good they'll taste, but I also know I can't eat one yet. First, I have to head to the basement and jump rope for 10 minutes. I'm a tall, lanky 11-year-old, five foot six, 96 pounds, awkward, uncoordinated, lacking self-confidence. However, I love playing basketball, and I'm determined to achieve my ambitious goal of making the varsity basketball team as a high school freshman. And I know that jumping rope is going to improve my coordination and increase my chances of achieving that goal. Yet, Despite my strong desire to make the varsity basketball team as a freshman, jumping rope before breakfast isn't my idea. It's my parents' idea. I don't have a choice. Were your parents in the military? That's a question I'm frequently asked, and the answer is no. My parents saw my athletic potential even when I couldn't. So I stumble out of bed, my stomach's growling, and I sleepily get dressed, and I slowly head downstairs past the kitchen door, down to the unfinished basement. Large black crickets jump all around my ankles as I reluctantly walk down the steps. The basement's cold and damp, so I grab the rope and I start jumping. After 10 minutes, I head upstairs out of breath to the kitchen to enjoy my delicious breakfast and the warm blueberry muffin melts in my mouth. My stomach stops growling and I feel accomplished, awake and energized for the school day ahead. And this daily routine paid off. When I first started playing basketball in the third grade, I hid behind the defense. And as a freshman, I made the varsity high school basketball team. And my senior year, my team won the regional tournament, and I was the leading scorer in Maryland, D.C., and Virginia, averaging 25 points a game. And basketball opened the door for me to attend the United States Naval Academy, where I kept playing. I'm thankful to this day that my parents made me jump rope in the mornings and exercise when I watch TV, because this taught me that persistence pays off. Small daily actions can lead to big results. And I learned the rewarding feeling of setting and accomplishing goals. And I still enjoy the benefits of exercise. So what I learned from playing basketball, persistence, teamwork, leadership, they all enabled me to be successful in various positions within the Navy. And when I graduated from the Naval Academy, I served as a supply corps officer. And when I left active duty and became a civilian working for the Navy, I was a contracting officer and then a small business professional. And I re when I retired in May of 2019, I was a member of the Senior Executive Service and the Senior Advisor to the Secretary of the Navy on all small business matters. And I really do think it was my basketball experiences, which included two major knee surgeries while at the Naval Academy, contributed to my creating that Onward podcast when I retired, because it's all about facing adversity and moving forward. So, wow. you know, every time I hear you tell that story, it's just so fascinating. And, 
you know, I, I think it's great. And one of the things that Steve, you and I love to do on the on our market chat programs is really bring that human element to those of you, Emily, that have you know served in the government and and are the customers that we're trying to reach. Yeah, that's really key. I mean, a lot of people say I'm doing want to do business with the government, but the government's made up of people. And to do business with the government, you've got to be able to interact with people. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit, I know there was a little bit of story, you had a little bit of a setback once you got to, uh, to college, right? Yeah, um, with three seconds left in the first scrimmage, in the last scrimmage before the season started, <clears throat> I can just imagine it still now, and I can hear the pop. Um, I was at the baseline, the guard passed me the ball, I landed, and I was going to turn and then hit a jump shot from the baseline. And as I turned, my foot stuck and the rest of my body turned and the ligament popped off my leg. I heard it. And um, we used to play on a rubber, it was a rubber basketball court over cement. So yeah, that, that, that put me out for the whole entire season. Uh, my freshman year, which was pretty challenging. Plebe year is hard enough already, but being in a, and at that time, like now, if you had surgery on your knee to replace your, to fix your anterior cruciate ligament, you'd be in and out in a day. I was in the hospital for a week, and when I got out, I was in a full length cast from my toe to my hip for seven weeks. And um, so it was a really, really challenging freshman year. Um, I do not know why I didn't quit, but I didn't. <laughs> Well, because uh, look at you now, right? Um, yeah. What what would you say is some of the biggest key takeaways, though, from that injury and what you learned from it? I learned persistence and to just keep going. I also learned to ask for help. It's really hard to do, um, and that's one of the things I talk about in the onward movement. I founded, but you know, the ability to ask for help—it's a hard thing to do. But you know, look, I I had. It was the winter time, it was November, I, it snowed a lot, I had huge backpack on my back with my chemistry and my calculus books and you know that full length cast. So I had to be able to ask for help. And that's something that you know, when you're really independent and kind of an overachiever, it's, it's hard to do. <laughs> so that's something yeah, I Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then from that, how did you um, end up joining the military? Oh, that, that injury was when I was at the Naval Academy. So once, once you graduate from the Naval Academy, you're automatically in the Navy. You owe five, you owed five years active duty. So when I graduated, I became a, um, an ensign in the Navy. And I went to the Supply Corps School. In, at the time, it was in Athens, Georgia. And then after that, I was stationed on a submarine tender out of Norfolk. And at the, that time, women could only be on destroyer tenders or submarine tenders. They couldn't be fighter pilots. They couldn't be on submarines. They couldn't be on war fighting ships. So women have come along. There's, a, there's been a lot of um, glass ceiling knocked down for, you know, in terms of what Absolutely. women in the military. A lot of great positive changes over those years, for sure. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit, we've got about five minutes before our break. So let's kind of jump in um, to the Onward podcast, and then we'll carry that over into our next session as well. But tell us how that came about. Okay, so when I was retiring, I was trying to think about what I wanted to do. And 
and a lot of people were telling me what I should do. You should go be a government consultant. Uh, you should go work for a small business. You should go work for a large business. And, you know, I made the decision to attend the Naval Academy when I was 17 and that shaped the rest of my life for 38 years. And I was head down working hard. And I decided I don't want to do what I should do. I want to do what I wanted to do. And it, but I wasn't really even sure who I was. And I wasn't even sure what I wanted to do. So, you know, we can go into that more if you want, but I did a lot of introspection and I figured out, you know, what I wanted to do. I started hosting a podcast and the Onward podcast features authentic conversations on facing adversity and moving forward. And it, that podcast is with people that aren't not famous people, just everyday people like you and me, my Naval Academy classmates. I've interviewed my son. I've interviewed my daughter. I've interviewed so many different people and on how they face adversity and how they, how they move forward. And I came away with three themes. And those three themes also apply to marketing to the government. And they also apply to contracting with the government. You know, I noticed that each of the people I interviewed Number one, they had to, to know where they were and where they were going. And I can tie this to um, marketing to the government as well as contracting with the government. Uh, know where they are and know where they're going. They had to be able to ask for help and they had to be persistent. And so when I speak at like events like Government Marketing University's GAIN conference or government contracting conferences, I tell some of the stories from the Onward podcast and I think that that helps people remember my points and how they apply to working with the federal government. Yes, Emily, I do want you to share some of those stories because, boy, they're really heart-wrenching, but yet they're also such authentic and success stories. But we've got to take a break first. So, listeners, you are listening to Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing, brought to you by Government Marketing University on Federal News Network. Government Marketing University is an innovative learning platform that applies a collaborative, community-based approach towards knowledge sharing and skills development in the field of public sector marketing. Experts from all corners of the U.S. public sector marketplace, marketers, thought leaders, government, media, and sales, are contributing their knowledge to this unique, content-rich platform. Government Marketing University offers training, research, certifications, mentoring, and community resources all in one place. Learn more at gmarku.com. Welcome back to Market Chat by Government Marketing University on Federal News Network. I'm Luann Grossman. I'm the president of Government Marketing University, and I have with me today Steve Watkins, who's our chief content officer. Hello, Steve. So hey. far, this has been, you know, just a great, great show today. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I agree. I can't wait to hear more about uh, the, the Onward podcast and some of the stories that Emily's going to share with us. Absolutely. So, Emily, we'd like to welcome you back. Um, in this section today, what we're going to talk about is a little bit deeper dive into your podcast, um, Onward Podcast. And you have a lot of amazing guests and some of their stories of how they've overcome adversity. And they've all really taken to heart the, the know who you are and where you're going. These are the areas that you talked about in, the, um, in our earlier part of our show today. Um, Ask for help and be persistent. So I'm really excited for our listeners to hear from you uh, how you tie that in to the guests that you have on your podcast where they're talking about how they overcame adversity um, and their true authentication, as well as 
Um, how do you tie that into government marketing, into industry to help sell products to the U.S. government? So take it away again. Sure, Luann, I'm happy to do that. So the first key lesson that I've learned or key theme throughout all of my Onward podcast episodes, and I'm getting ready to publish episode 100 in a couple of weeks. So Wow, congratulations. That's really cool. I've been persistent. <laughs> Having given persistent. Up. Yeah. The first and I bet you're uh, asking for some help too. That's, you know, yes. that's a lot of podcasts. Yeah. The first uh, lesson is, or theme is, know where you are and where you're going. And it seems simple enough. And for those of you in marketing, that means your company's capabilities, you have to know your company's capabilities and the target government customer. And based on my experience, many company representatives really don't do this. They go after like anything and everything that pops up, like any shiny object. And that doesn't work. It's exhausting and it typically doesn't result in the desired outcome, which is winning a government contract. So before you approach a government employee to market your company, you need to do your homework and knowing your target government customers pain points. And you have to be able to articulate how your company is uniquely positioned to address those pain points. So your company's uniquely positioned, unique position is where you are and where you're going is trying to win this government contract. So, and also learning the terms that that organization uses so you can speak your, their language when you market to them. So there's three pointers. I'm not going to go into detail on them about how to know your government customer is look at the website. And I can tell you a lot of people don't do that before they pick up the phone and call. Um, they haven't even looked at the website. So it seems, you know, like and you think that that's like marketing sales 101, right? Yeah. Um, and that was a theme that came across so clear at game this year when we have the CIO and the CISO in. it's like, yeah, come in and know my business, know my mission. Yes. Yes. That's exactly it. Um, you know, within the department of the Navy and a lot of organizations, because it's required by law, they have a long range acquisition forecast that are usually published on the website. So having looked at that forecast is important and then attending industry days and outreach events, even during COVID, um, I know government agencies are reaching out online and those are really important to attend. So the episode that I really like to share when I talk about know where you are and where you're going is the episode with, uh, and I'll try to say this without crying because I cried on the game conference <laughs> when I started to say it. I didn't even know. I get so emotional over these stories, but 15-year-old Rodney Flowers knew exactly where he was when he laid in the, lay in the hospital bed. That was his point A. And he explains that a team of neurologists visited his bedside to pass along his diagnosis. And his diagnosis was quadriplegic. He was completely paralyzed and he had no movement or sensation in any of his extremities. And the doctor said he had a 92% chance of remaining that way for the rest of his life. So Rodney knew that being paralyzed and lying in bed was not where he wanted to end up. He says in his Onward podcast interview, I developed a strong belief in God and I started looking at what is possible and that was the really game-changing element of all of this. What is possible? Because you want to recover. You want to walk again. You want to live that life that you had. And so the majority of Rodney's battle was mental, not physical. And you can apply that to you know, your particular situation and even to marketing to the government. So he decided to focus on what he could do, just like 
when you're marketing the government, focus on what your company can do. And he could move all of his fingers just a tiny bit. So he did. And hundreds of times every day, he moved his fingers. And the lessons learned from Rodney's story can be applied to government marketing as well. Think about what the company you represent can do to support your potential government client and focus on that. And then target clients with the problem that you know your company can solve. And by the way, Rodney's walking. It took him 15, I think it's either 15 or 18 years, but he reached his point B. He's That's walking. awesome. Wow, 15, 18 years. Yeah. He's a, he, he's a government contracting officer. Wow. So, uh, we should get him on to talk sometime. Yeah, you need to. He has a podcast. It's called the Game Changers Podcast. Um, and another one that I like to point out is, and it's not that all of my guests have spinal cord injuries, but this episode sticks out as well about know your point A and point B is my Naval Academy roommate's daughter, Clara Brown. She was an avid athlete. She was a competitive gymnast, a runner and a skier. But at age 12, she had an incomplete spinal cord injury at the C5, C6 level in her neck. And she moved to Shepherd Center in Atlanta where they specialize in special spinal cord and brain injury rehabilitation. And she started to get her function back. And the bottom line is, she had some other challenges too, but the bottom line is, you can follow Clara as she races towards um, the Paralympics in Tokyo. She is- Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. What is her last name? Brown. Clara Brown. She's on the U.S. Paralympic cycling team. And I did that interview with her um, in Canada. I flew to Toronto back in January last year and met with her at one of her races. And I watched her cycle. It was just awesome to see. She's, I think she's my daughter's age, about 24. So 12 years later. So well, we those are two episodes. Following her, I think, you know, get the whole government marketing community behind yeah. her and rally her on. Yeah. And those are two episodes that I use just to help you remember they had a point A and they had a point B and that's what you've got to do. And you've got to know, you've got to know about your company and when, and figure out the target audience. That's your point B that you're trying to market. The next one is asking for help. So all of my Onward podcast guests have asked for help as they faced adversity. And uh, guess what? You know, as you market to the government, you can't possibly know it all. You know, you're going to need to ask for help. And just to make my point, how many of these common acronyms are familiar to your listeners? CORE, CMMC, CAS, IDIQ, COTS, FAR, DFAR, DUNS, NAICS, BIC, SBSA, SAM, I could go on and on, GSA, RFP. So there's just no way you're going to know all those terms and you're going to need to ask for help because you need to be able to speak the language of your target government clients. And it's really not easy to ask for help, but it's an important skill. And there's lots of free resources out there and podcasts and all different things. So, um, and, and the other thing that I highlight is finding a mentor. And that's part of networking, right? Is make sure you have a mentor both in and outside of your career field. That's another way of asking for help. And one yeah, of I think that's a great idea. And, you know, we talk a lot about that at GMARQ. We have a really active mentor protege program. I encourage any of our listeners that want to be a part of that Go to gmarku.com um, and you know, we have a very simple website where it's learn, attend, connect. And under connect, come join us. You know, If you want to be a mentor, we'd love to have you. If you want to be a protege, we'd love to have you. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and one of my guests, Angie Schwartz, recommends that we all have our own personal board of directors. And I think Ooh. that's important. Yeah, that's a good episode to listen to. I bet. 
So the episode that I like to use when I talk about asking for help is um, the episode with Steve Iceland. And Steve is a retired Navy commander, and he was also a senior executive. He was the principal deputy assistant secretary of the Navy for, engine, for energy installations and the environment. And he had to ask for help. Um, his episode is entitled Surviving Impression, Depression and Moving Onward. And in that episode, he shares how depression made him go from feeling like he had it all to being suicidal within weeks. And it caught him completely off guard. Ultimately, he asked for help and he learned how to live with his depression. And in the interview, he shares strategies, resources that he used to improve his mental wellness. And one of the things that I like what Steve says is he, he talks about um, instead of asking how people are, ask them, what's your number? Because on a scale of one to 10, what's your number? Because when someone asks you, how are you? Fine. <laughs> but especially in COVID times, not everyone is not fine. What's your number is, is a good takeaway that I, I like that. But here's the thing. When you, when you ask for help or advice and then you want to go apply it, you really have to make sure that you understand your authentic style and your brand don't try to be somebody that you're not. So if you're clear on your personal brand, you're gonna feel more confident in your interactions with people. And as one of my frequent Onward podcast guests, Paul Pettit says, your job is to be you. Um, and so when you're marketing, be you um, and be who you are. Um, so I think that that's important. And Brene I think Brown, that's really important. Yeah. And you can carry that two sides for government marketers. Be you, be authentic, right? But make yeah. sure you're also being real, you, authentic as it pertains to your company and your products. Yeah. Right? And when you're marketing, make sure you're, you're not that you're not being truthful, but we, we know marketers, that's what we do. We spend, you know? And I'm imagining that, you know, from your perspective, when you're in government, you'd rather just have the bare bone basics, the capability statements. And we talk about that all the time at GMARC, you have capability statements. But yeah, get, don't do so much flash and flair. Just be authentic in your writing, in your copywriting. Yep. Be honest, be real, right? Yep. Um, so then the third, the third topic is uh, that seems to... Um, come through in the hour podcast is, you know, being persistent. And uh, each of my guests talks about the importance of persistence in overcoming adversity. And I'll bet your listeners have already figured out that marketing in the federal space takes persistence as well. It's a long sales cycle, 18 to 24 months. So you got to stay focused and you've got to be persistent. Um, the episode that I used to highlight this is one with a, my, a friend of mine, Lisa Spector. Persistence paid off for Lisa Spector. She's a Juilliard-trained pianist, and she plays the piano for a living. And she suffered a bad fall in June of 2017 that shattered her right hand. After three surgeries for several complicated fractures, she dove into music playing left hand only. And now after a fourth surgery and having fired her first physical therapist, Lisa can play again with both hands. It's wow. amazing what she went through and she did the work required to get better day in and day out. And she didn't let distractions get in her way. And so when marketing to the federal government, that's exactly what you've got to do. You've got to keep your eye on your objective and don't get distracted. Um, and then I also like to highlight this book, um, Game Changers for Government Contractors. Um, and it's not by accident that the word persistence 
shows up in the first chapter of that book. Michael Lejeune, the author, um, one of the authors of that book writes, how many phone calls does it take to win a contract? As many as it takes. How long does it take to win a contract? As long as it takes. And per Michael, and he's 100% correct, you will be told no or not at this time a lot. So there are no shortcuts. If you're pursuing government contracts, you gotta be in it for the long haul and you have to be persistent. And when companies look for shortcuts and they fail to execute a disciplined strategy for engaging in the market, it's really evident to everyone. And this includes government buyers and your teaming partners. So if you don't help yourself, um, if you don't help yourself, others catch on and then they're not gonna make an effort to wanna really help you. No, that's such great insight and, and we can't say that enough. I, I love that um, that whole premise of that book. That's You're giving us all kinds of new ideas for other speakers to have come in and oh, yeah. this is great. You know, Market Chat's gonna have a great 2021 thanks to Emily Harmon. This yeah. book is actually based on his Game Changers for Government Contractors podcast and each chapter is actually an episode and all the contributing authors, the guests on his podcast are listed. I'm going to do one for my podcast. And actually some of these authors and, and I'm involved too, we're publishing another book about government contracting in February. So that that's awesome. You know, and, and we'll make sure because within government marketing university, we, we always publicize books coming out early 2021. We're actually having a GMARQ library. So we hope that we can have some of these books in our library so that people have a place to come and find these great business books, you know, um, because idea. there's no really place to go right now and get that. So mm -hmm. we're pumped about that. Uh, one thing I had, don't think I mentioned earlier, Emily, is that you so graciously agreed to be um, a government marketing university ambassador. And for those listeners that aren't aware, we have a, just a wonderful crew of former government executives like Emily that are ambassadors and we do all kinds of great things with them. Some are what we're doing today, right? We're getting to know Emily and she's sharing her knowledge. Um, Emily is going to be doing a lot more broader things for us as we look into 2021 when we really start launching a lot of new programs at GMRQ. We have a lot of CIOs, we have CISOs, we've got SESers. So really want to say thank you, Emily, because the knowledge that you do have and your, your willingness to be a, uh, a GMRQ ambassador is pretty cool. Thank you, Luann. I really look forward to COVID ending so we can, I can meet everybody <laughs> in person. Give you guys a hug. <laughs> Amen to that. All right, a couple minutes before our next break. Um, in this next uh, session of Market Chat, we're going to really roll our sleeves up, and Steve Watkins is going to lead a conversation with you around really what's it mean, um, what goes on you know, day to day in the Office of the Small and Disadvantaged Business Utilization. Now, that was an acronym that was kind of new to me not too long ago. It's OSDBU. Is that how that's pronounced? That's how it's pronounced. And in the Department of Defense, it's called Office of Small Business Programs. That's a little easier. So it's got a few names going on out there. And in 60 seconds, tell us what that office does. Well, basically at the headquarters level, at the Secretary of the Navy level, I was responsible for, my office was responsible for setting policy and for doing um, training to help make sure that the Navy and the Marine Corps were providing maximum opportunity to small businesses to participate in their contracts as prime and subcontractors. I love that, that was real, that was true, that was short and succinct. 
um, and perfect. And it takes us into our next break. So as we go into this break, um, I encourage our listeners to stay tuned because this next section, as I mentioned, is going to be led by Steve with Emily and really uh, giving us some great insight into how we get our products and our services for those of you that are listening that are small businesses. So let's take a break because that's what we need to do. Uh, you've been listening to Market Chat brought to you by Government Marketing University on Federal News Network. Government Marketing University is an innovative learning platform that applies a collaborative, community-based approach towards knowledge sharing and skills development in the field of public sector marketing. Experts from all corners of the U.S. public sector marketplace, marketers, thought leaders, government, media, and sales, are contributing their knowledge to this unique, content-rich platform. Government Marketing University offers training, research, certifications, mentoring, and community resources all in one place. Learn more at gmarku.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Market Chat, brought to you by Government Marketing University on Federal News Network. Luann Brosman, and I've got with me today my co-host, Steve Watkins, and we have been having just a great conversation on this market chat with Emily Harmon. Emily is the um, former, and let me get this right, Emily, I should have it right by now because I've been saying it several times today, but you are the former Senior Executive Service and Director of the Department of the Navy's Office of Small Business Programs. Um, and also the founder of Onward Movement, which we've been talking about a lot today. But now we're getting down to getting down to business and talking about really what our small business vendors and industry partners out there need to know from a marketing, sales, business development perspective to make sure that their products and services are, are being um, taken down the right path of small business, especially around the DOD. So Steve Watkins, you're gonna take this one and, and ask a lot of great questions of Emily during this session. So I am gonna pass it on over to you, Steve. Great, thanks, Luann. So Emily, you gave us a, a quick uh, snapshot uh, at, just before the break on kind of what you were doing at, as a director of small business programs uh, at the Navy. Um, I guess I'll ask you to maybe spend uh, just a couple more minutes elaborating uh, more about kind of how more uh, in detail, I guess, you would work with small businesses uh, and kind of help them navigate through, you know, the, the, the huge Navy bureaucracy. And I'm sure that's, that's a huge challenge for any company, but especially a, a small business with a few resources and, and, you know, they're, they're trying to balance a lot of things, but uh, tell us a little bit more about kind of in that role, how you would help uh, companies. Okay, great, I'd love to do that. So the, the Department of the Navy is pretty big. Um, it consists of the Navy and the Marine Corps. A lot of people don't know that. So um, the Navy and the Marine Corps come under the Department of the Navy. And within the Navy and the Marine Corps, there are 10 different buying commands and they buy based on commodity. My office, was at the headquarters level over you know, all of those buying commands. So um, we have, for example, a Marine Corps command that does installations and logistics work, another Navy command that buys the airplanes for the Navy, another one that does ships. So in my office, um, I was on the Secretary of the Navy staff and we had a very small office. Our office was there to make sure, to set policy, at a Navy-wide level, because each of those 10 different buying commands has their own small business director. But we set overarching policy. 
um, and making sure that we are helping, that the commands are helping knock down the barriers that small businesses have in doing business with us. Also advising, you know, for example, if I was in a meeting with the um, Undersecretary of the Navy, he was my boss, and I heard that the Navy's going, let's just say, in a certain direction regarding policy, my job would be to listen to that, and even if it was like an acquisition policy, and think about how that new direction might impact small businesses and be an advise on that so that people were aware. So that's kind of overarching. Um, companies did want to come in and meet with me, however, and I would advise that the companies really need to meet, the company reps, the small business reps need to meet with the person that's at the command that buys what they sell. So coming in and meeting with me, a lot of times you think, oh, I've got to meet with the most senior person. Okay, but I'm not the decision maker. I'm not the one advising on how, you know, for example, it, whether or not a procurement at the Naval Air Systems Command is going to be set aside and competed only amongst small business. That is the director of small business at that command. So that's a big thing that I'd advise is make sure when you're marketing, you're marketing to the organization that buys what you sell. My office didn't buy anything. We did policy. Is that yeah, and that's that's so important for for especially small companies uh, to kind of understand you know the huge bureaucracy and and really just focus on trying to get to the right person. I'm sure a lot of companies even struggle with that once they realize, you know, I you know I want I I sell this widget, but you know it, it may not fit this command, but it'll fit that command. And where in that command do I go to to find the right person? Um, no, definitely. And th that's another thing that we did at the Navy level. We had a Navy level and they still do a uh, small business website. We would do, I used to do a lot of Facebook lives. Now the Navy has switched it to be more um, um, webinars, but they're getting, especially with COVID, some of the small business directors from the different commands to um, speak more. You know, I think the government needs to communicate more our needs. And so a lot of those videos are on the Department of Navy's Office of Small Business Web programs website, the ones I did in the past and the and the new ones. So that's a great way of, um, you know, figuring it out. And if you don't know, I mean, sometimes it's confusing. So at NAVAIR, the Naval Air Systems Command, one would think that maybe our office, when I, I used to be the small business director there, that maybe NAVAIR would be contracting to get runways paid. No, that is, or to put lights along the runway, that is the Naval Facilities Engineering Command. So we when I worked for the government and the small business professionals, they know it's confusing. And so, you know, they will help you as long as you're helping yourself. You know, if you call them and you haven't even looked at the website or um, that's a little frustrating. And that's an indication of maybe how your company does business. Do you do your homework as a company? Do you do a good job? So, yeah. That's right. So you have to, you have to represent, you have to uh, show that you're, you're coming with, with, uh, with some reason with you know you've done your homework you've done your your research and uh, you're, you're ready to do business um, let me ask you so you were in the, the role of directing small business programs at the Navy secretariat level uh, was it for four years right from about August 2015 until May of 2019 yeah so we'd love to, to kind of drill into you know the insights that you came away with in terms of you know, the, the common challenges that you would find with small businesses and, and how you might uh, help them kind of overcome some of those common challenges. 
Okay, um, common challenges are, are not really understanding who buys what they sell. So we would help with that, with putting on uh, events, um, going on Facebook Live, helping them understand how to figure that out. Um, each of the 10, this is unique, I think, to the Navy and the Marine Corps, each of those 10 buying commands has on its website a small business strategy, which is a written strategy as to how they are going to create maximum practical opportunities for small businesses to participate in their contracts as prime and subcontractors. That's an awesome document to look at. And I would always, I, before I left, I worked with uh, Secretary Gertz, who was the Assistant Secretary and still is of the Navy for Research Development and Acquisition. I suggested that we put these strategies on a public facing website so they don't go in a drawer, they're actually used. And um, I encourage contractors to look at them and to um, talk about that when you go and market to that organization, because it really does give you some good, some good insight. So that's uh, one of the things we did. I think- Let me uh, step in, Emily. And we're gonna talk more about the, the uh, small business website in a moment, because that's a really critical resource for everybody. But there's a section, first of all, the website is secnav, S-E-C-N-A-V dot Navy dot mil slash small business. And uh, there's a section or a channel on that uh, website called commands. And so uh, anyone can go to that uh, website, find the command that uh, they're interested in, in doing business with, and open, you know, there's a link and it'll open that command's website and at the bottom is where those strategic plans are that you just mentioned. Right. Yep, no, definitely. And um, I think it also lists on there like the top five NAICS code, North American Industry Classification Codes that that organization does business with. Um, so that's one way of figuring out, you know, do they even buy what I, what I sell? Um, there, there are a lot of free resources out there too, like procurement technical assistance centers that can help. The, I would say that the small business offices within the federal government typically deal with companies who are established and companies that have ideally worked with that small business technical assistance center, procurement technical assistance center, or like a small business development center. We don't help, we didn't help. Um, and they still don't help companies like set up their business. Um, a lot of those basic things um, the small business directors don't do. They, they mostly help those companies that are well-established figure out where the opportunities are coming down the pipe that they can compete for. Right, right. Well, um, so let's get into kind of tips and advice for how small businesses can do a better job of uh, cracking the code and, and uh, kind of making inroads. You talked already about you got to do your homework, uh, check out these websites, check out the resources at the websites. Um, but what else would you suggest for, for the small businesses who are listening today? I would suggest not to, to, to look at subcontracting opportunities. A lot of times companies want to just start off and be the prime contractor. And that's a lot more work to be the prime because you've got to understand, you know, like, wide area workflow, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of responsibility being the prime contractor. Getting your foot in the door as a subcontractor to a larger small business or a large business is a really good way to get your feet wet. And to, there's no shame in being a, uh, a subcontractor. So that is a, 
one bit of advice. And uh, another bit is listen to podcasts and read books on government contracting as well. I can't recommend enough this Game Changers for Government Contractors podcast because it gives a lot of insider tips and advice from the industry's top experts on things. So that's a great way. And then knowing when you need to hire a coach is important as well. Coach can help shorten the learning curve. Um, but first, I would try a lot of the free resources that are out there. Yeah, and I think, you know, now that we're kind of talking about some of those resources, I, I'd like to uh, just point out to the to the listeners, the, the Navy Small Business website is absolutely outstanding. So please do check that out. In addition to those links to the commands, there's uh, you'll also find the, it, first of all, they track their, the, the Navy's performance in meeting small business goals. And by the way, they exceed 100% by a lot in every category. So it's a, it's a big, ripe target if you're in a small business category. Um, and then there's what I liked was the channel called Doing Business with DON. So the Department of Navy uh, there's like 10 steps to becoming procurement ready. There's a DOD procurement toolbox with some training in there. Uh, there's a mentor protege program. So going back to, you know, ask for help. Uh, so a, a long laundry list actually of, of resources there that everybody should check out. And then lastly, kind of going back to the point that you mentioned, uh, search what DON buys, and you can do that at the command level, like you just said, Emily, or uh, you can do it at the department level. And uh, again, it just tells you whatever NAICS code that, that you are part of, uh, that'll give you some clue as to how much business uh, you might uh, be uh, have an opportunity for with the Navy. So mm -hmm. um, a great uh, set of tools and resources that are on the website. I could tell a quick story if you want that kind of illustrates how to market to the federal government and how not to. Oh, great. Yes, please. All right. So here's a quick story. You know, this is like a typical day that I would have um, when, when I was at the Naval Air Systems Command or even sometimes in the Navy Office of Small Business Programs when companies would come in and, and market to me. So here's an example of, of what not to do. Um, I'm, I'm sitting in my office and the, and, the, and the company that I'm meeting with, the representative is late. They're late because they, they're late for the meeting because they didn't um, make enough time to get through the base gate, right? So they're late and the rep comes in flustered and just gets, hands me a card and starts going through the brief. And the brief has already been sent to me, so I've already read it, but and they don't, they're, they're so flustered, they're not even reading my body language, and they're on page one of the brief when I'm already flipped to page five. Page one is telling me how many employees they have, um, where their company is located, when they were founded. Okay, fine. I want to know how you can solve a government's customer's problem. So I'm on page five, which is where you're talking in your brief about the technical aspects, but you're so flustered because you're late, you don't even know. And you, so reading body language is really important. And then, then I might have a quick break and then the next person comes in and let's say this government um, marketer is saying, Emily, you know, we, um, we're a hub zone, women owned small business and you guys aren't meeting your hub zone goals. So um, what are you doing about it? They haven't even told me what they do. I don't even know what they sell. So the, that's another example of what not to do, and I'm telling you this happens a lot. So here's an example of what to do. 
come, um, the woman shows up, she shows up on time. Um, she thanks me for my time. She says that she heard, um, you know, a briefing recently, maybe it was to Congress or, you know, through a, a, another government agency by a program manager that has a particular challenge. And she talks about how her company can solve that challenge. That is how to market to the government. So. That is such amazing advice, uh, and we we hear it in a lot of different kind of versions from former feds like you. Uh, but you just hit the nail on the target, and and I think that's really helpful. Um, we just have a couple of minutes left, so uh, maybe we'll end with with this question, which is: um, we talked about the website, and you offered these these great stories, but. What are some other efforts or programs that are underway out there that uh, small businesses should be aware of and, and may not be? Well, definitely reading the small business strategy is important and, and encourage the Department of Navy. I would encourage you to encourage the Department of Navy to get the strategies updated because the ones that are out there are for fiscal year 19 and 20. And I would think that they would have some coming uh, ones coming up. Um, social media is being used more now. I mean, people are saying with COVID, it's hard to meet with the government customers and stuff. But I know that the Department of Navy Office of Small Business Programs, because I'm on their um, email list, they are doing webinars more and more frequently. They're putting themselves out there, making themselves available. So I would do that. And even just watching some of the um, videos on the Navy's um, small business YouTube channel that I did, there's a lot of good information that still applies um, out there. I interviewed a lot of um, senior leaders within the Navy and those interviews are still applicable. Um, so, and then just take a look at other conferences that are coming up. A lot of them are online. I'm participating in one coming up. It's named mostly at veteran small businesses, but anybody can attend. It's called uh, the GovCon Summit. So that's another um, conference that I know that's coming up in April that I think would be beneficial to attend. A lot of the people that contributed to this Game Changers book are going to be at that um, online at that conference. Yeah, those are some, some great uh, ideas and tips. Uh, fantastic. I think, uh, Luann, I think our, our listeners are really going to uh, come away with a lot of great ideas. Um, so Absolutely. And as you know, we always put together like the top eight takeaways or nine takeaways. I think I'm up to like 62 takeaways from, <laughs> from Emily. But we will absolutely, because some of those things, it's hard, you know, when we're listening to podcasts, we might be on our car, out for a walk. So we'll make sure that GMarkU publishes those and we'll have them available to be downloaded on our gmarkyou.com site um, next to Emily's podcast under our Federal News Network page. So yeah, so I just, that was great information. Emily, thank you so much for sharing. Steve, as always, we love doing our market chat um, programs with you here on Federal News Network. And Emily, I definitely want to have you back in 2021. Awesome, um, I think there's still lots of information for you to share with us. So listeners, thank you for joining us today for Market Chat, brought to you by Government Marketing University on Federal News Network. Thank you for listening to Market Chat bringing clarity to the clutter. Sponsored by Government Marketing University on Federal News Network.